Packers, start your engines! Yellow's out, yellow's out. Bannon's just about out wrecking him. Benji busted in her. Hello, hello, everyone. It is Monday, May 1st. It is already May. Yeah. This year has flown by. Um, May marks the start of our racing season, um, as some of you are already in full swing. Uh, but we're on episode 39, one week away from episode 4-0. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, but, no, excited to be in the studio today. Had a very good, busy weekend. Um, and things are looking pretty good. So, uh yeah, Dakota, how are you doing? Finally recouped from the weekend. I think busy is an understatement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, you guys were working, and uh, I was like, please call it a night. Granted, I didn't have to see out there. I enjoyed being out there, but it was like late, 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 late. I was like, please call it a night. And you guys were like, we're going to keep working. We're going to at least get this done. And I was like, damn. So then I go up to the chair by dad's car. You are about to pass <laughs> out up there. And I was like. <laughs> I told my parents the next day, I was like, I'm pretty sure I passed out with my eyes open. And the next thing I know, I come to and you guys are putting away. And I was like, all right, cool. So I get up and help. And then you guys head out and I come inside and uh, I'm starving. My mom, thank God, made me some food to eat. And uh, so I get some food to eat and I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat my food. And I'm going to go to bed. I pass out and it's like I wake back up at like seven in the morning I left the food out, left the honey mustard out, and I was like, darn. So I put that up, and I finally went back to my bed and fell asleep again. Woke up at 8 to go to Indy with my dad and mom to get some to get a part from my dad's car that they didn't give back when he was getting his transmission rebuilt. So I was running on, like, two hours of sleep, get home, and I don't go to bed till like, 8, 9 o'clock. But I feel great. <laughs> Real quick, uh, I want to apologize. Hunter's doing laundry, and yeah, so I've, you can hear the dryer. Didn't he say he was going to wait? No. I thought he did. Uh, okay. Maybe. Anyway. he said that's his work clothes. Yeah. But anyway. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's always something around here. Always. If it's not his clothes, it's his <laughs> dogs. Um, yeah. Other than that, what else? Uh, that was it. Um, got back home. Sunday recuperated. Went to work today. Uh, started working on my car a little bit. As you know, last week, the episode is now posted as of 6 o'clock um, from last week that I'd be racing. So I'm trying to get some stuff going with that. Um, but other than that, nothing much. How is your weekend recuperating? Okay, so Friday, I get off work and I come work on the race car. I'm here till like 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever, no big deal. Uh, I wake up early. I had to wake up early the next morning to go to a softball game. Um, so, well, so Maya had a softball game, but she had to be at the field at like seven thirty because they had pictures at eight and they had opening ceremonies at nine and then her game was at 1030. So we got home like what? 1230. I changed, went to the store, bought some stuff to work on the race car. I got here one o'clock maybe. Um, and started working on the rear end swap on my car. And let me tell you. Trying to mess with nuts and bolts on a car that haven't been touched since the car was manufactured <laughs> in, like, 2005. Right. Not ideal. Uh, super, super thankful for my Uncle TJ and my Gramps for coming out to help. I They did a lot of the work, and... I would be, it would uh, it would have been a nightmare trying to figure that out by myself. Um, but we did make note that if we ever are changing gears in the rear end again, we're doing it while the rear end is in the car and not swapping because that was a nightmare. Um, every bolt we took out, PB blasted, wire mm-hmm. brush, it went back together a lot easier than it came apart. But um, so got that done. That took a long time. That's literally all, all we did, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I left here like one thirty. got home about 2 o'clock, took a shower, and went to bed. And I did not move from the couch Sunday. I went out, laid down, and just slept all day, off and on all day. I was so sore. I'm still sore today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I don't feel too bad. I, I feel pretty decent. 
<clears throat> I didn't want to go to work today, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I uh, didn't either. No, so I'm looking forward to this weekend. I was supposed to finish the car Friday, which I'm still going to do, finish what I can Friday. Um, and then I was going to go test at the track on Saturday. Well, Shalina calls me while I'm at work today, and she is quite possibly the biggest Parker McCollum fan to exist. Um, I mean, goes absolutely nuts over this man. I think she loves him more than she loves me. Um, and I don't even think it's close. But she calls me and tells me that she won meet and greet tickets. So I'm like, okay, cool. And she's like, I have to figure out when the show is and which one I won them for because she applied to get meet and greet tickets at like shows that were relatively close to us. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. She's like, it's May 6th. I'm like, cool. That's this weekend. She says, it's in Missouri. I'll pay for the hotel. Okay. So I'm going to Missouri Saturday to uh, meet Parker McCollum and go to his show. And then we'll be back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Yeah, it is exciting. Do you know when you all are going to leave Saturday? Because I'm assuming the show is probably in the evening, right? Yeah, but it's what, a three, four hour drive there maybe? Mm-hmm. And then... I don't want to get there, get out of the car after a four-hour ride, and then boom, be right. Like I want some time to like relax, relax. And, yeah, yeah. So, no, I think it'll be fun. I'll just have to find time sometime next week to try and go test the car. But so, and then the following week, race weekend. Yeah, it's finally here. It's finally here. But all right, anything else? No. All right. The green flag is officially out, and we are ready to roll three wide with DJG. It was a little delayed, but it makes sense because, you know, Sunday's race got pushed back to today. Exactly. So it's all right. We're just going with the flow here. Yes, sir. All right, so I guess I'll kick off Dover post-race uh, results. The Arco East Series kicked off the race weekend at Dover, where Jake Finch was able to hold off Landon Lewis and Luke Finhouse for the win. William Solowich finished fourth, followed by LeVar Scott, Zach Tinkle, Tony Reidinger, who is also making her truck debut with Tricon in Kansas, and Ed Pompa finished out the top 10. The ARCA Series will put will join the Craftsman Truck Series in Kansas on Saturday. Over in the Xfinity Series, Ryan Truex, who led 124 of 200 laps and swept both stages, grabbed his first career Xfinity Series win, racing part-time for Joe Gibbs Racing. Josh Berry, Justin Allgaier, Austin Hill, and John Hunter Nemechek rounded out the top five. Uh, the Cup Series, which was rained out on Sunday, took to the track today where Martin Truex Jr. grabbed his third win in Dover and broke a 54-race winless streak. Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, and Denny, Denny Hamlin rounded out the top five. Josh Berry, who's currently in for Alex Bowman, who suffered a fractured vertebrae, finished 10th. Joey Logano, who spun in the closing laps, finished 31st. Uh, teammate to um, Josh Berry, uh <laughs> Uh, who was involved? Who was involved in an incident on lap eighty one? Uh, finished thirty second. Brendan Poole, who was also involved in that incident, was scored thirty third. Uh, Noah Gregson, who lost control and made hard contact with the inside wall during stage one, was scored thirty fourth. Daniel Suarez and Ty Dillon, who were involved in the first race incident of the day, finished thirty fifth and thirty sixth. The NASCAR Cup Series will head to Kansas on Sunday with the green flag scheduled for three p.m. You can catch all the action on FS one. All right, my initial thoughts, I don't really have anything to say about the Xfinity race or the ARCA race. I do know that the ARCA race there, it appeared that there was only like seven cars at the finish, so say what you want about and that. They, did, they didn't have a lot of uh, entries anyway to there begin with. There was only with. like 15, yeah, something like that. I would say about 20, just to be on the safe side. But yeah, it was a, a smaller turnout. But this was just the ARCA East. It wasn't yeah, like the... Yeah. Which I don't... I still don't know why they do that, but... I mean, I, I, I do, but, yeah, like, but why is the ARCA East race being with NASCAR? Like, I don't know, it's just weird because usually it's just ARCA. Yeah. So then you have a good car count, whatever. Yeah. I, it makes sense, but yeah. I, I also do get it. Um. So, good weekend for the Truex family, obviously. Back the to Truex back. sweep. Yep. Um, Monday, uh, M stands for Martin because Martin Truex is really good at racing on Mondays, apparently. Yep. Um. But we got to talk about the elephant in the room here. Yeah. And that is Ross Chastain. Okay. Someone's got to get a handle on this man. Yeah. You, he is, I'm not taking away from the fact that he is a good driver. 
He is, His he's car a great was driver. very fast today. Mm-hmm. He showed speed last year too. Yep. Um, but man, just some of the aggressive moves that he makes, or you know, for example, today Brendan Poole. Um, so he was battling. Was it? Austin, it was Austin Dillon Austin for thirty first. For thirty first, which they were battling for position. So keep that in mind. They're yeah. too wide at Dover, and Ross Chastain's coming up behind him. Larson's behind Chastain. And Chastain, it appears, just runs over Brandon Poole. Yeah, in the corner. In the corner. Keep in mind. And so, uh, I'll let you finish, but I do have a thought on that, too. So, then, obviously, Brandon Poole gets turned towards the inside wall, but then washes up the track. Well, at this point, Larson's already committed to the high side mm-hmm. and has nowhere to go. Yep. And so, because Ross Chastain was impatient or just... Whatever, whatever happened there, it cost Larson, who I believe probably could have won this race. His car was very good. Yeah, um, cost him. I mean, it was it stage one, so like I don't. The aggressive move there doesn't make any sense to me. And of course, Ross Chastain comes over the radio and he's like, "I didn't mean to do that." Yeah, which okay. I find hard to believe. I do too. And it's like there's 35 other drivers out on the track that also didn't mean to do that. And guess what? They don't do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get mistakes are made, but when you're continuously involved in wrecking people because you're aggressive, like, there's a time and place to be aggressive. Like, if he would have made that move on that last restart before the end of the race. It would be a different story. I would be like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. But 80-some laps into the race of a 400-lap race at that. Yep. Uh, So, my thoughts on this before we watch the replay um, is that had he waited until they cleared that turn... I don't think that would have been an issue. No, and it's like his car was fast enough to just catch back up to whatever. Yeah. Like, you also got to think, it's stage one. You still have a stage break that's going to clump you all back together. Yep. You may have lost a spot to Larson because you slowed down mm-hmm. to let this whole situation play it out, but you may not have. And it, and even if he did lose that, lose the, the track position on Larson, like you said, you know, we still had competition, not competition, but stage breaks. It, we were 81 laps into a 400-lap race. So you would have caught back up. Um, and so, you know, Kyle made a good point that, you know, all of Ross's bad decisions don't cost him anything. It's no. always somebody else that he's he's ruining their day. Um, I want to circle back, though, and say that I think Ross is a great guy, but somebody's got to get him in check because this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, I was texting you and AJ today, too. I was like, I wonder how much longer... First of all, I'm surprised that he's gotten away this long doing this. But I wonder how much longer he's going to get away with it. Because at some point, he's going to do it to the wrong person. And somebody's going to whip his ass and he deserves it. Yep. Um, So we'll watch this replay. This little video that I made. Before you do this, (laughs) Brendan Poole's interview was funny. Yeah. Because he was like so PG about it. He was like, someone, he needs his butt whooped. Yeah. (laughs) I love Brendan, but I agree. I, I, I think it's. It's it's really unexcusable. Uh, like I said, if this was 10 laps to go, if this was the last restart, this would have been a completely different story. It would have been, I would have, you know, held the opinion that, you know, he was doing what he had to do to win this race, and it would have been a little bit more justifiable, but not 81 laps into a 400-lap race. Also, for those of you that might not know, uh, Dover is notorious for, if you're on the bottom and you're wrecking, you're going back up that track before you come back down. There's no avoiding it. Um, and so it, it's just, it, it's, it's unexcusable. And, you know, Lar- uh, not Larson, but uh, Ross, you know, made the comment that he was going to go to the guys and apologize. It was going to be after the fact, um, whatever he gets finished doing what he's doing. Cause he's a very busy man. But after he's done with all that, he'll apologize and notice he didn't say anything in his interview about apologizing to Larson. It was strictly to who's Brandon racing for. Was it Rick Ware? Yeah. He yeah, said so. he was going to go to the Rick Ware shop and apologize to those guys and make things right. Yeah. Um, didn't say anything about the fact that his mistake costed Larson, which is just ridiculous day. because I guarantee you, I agree. I think Larson would have won this race. And I think, Ross knew that. Now, do I think he knew that him bumping uh, Poole out of the way would have cost Larson his race? Absolutely not. But still, it's you got to think about those things. And like I said, he's going to run into the wrong guy. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised Denny has put up with it as long as he has. Oh, for sure. Now I think there have been some moves that Ross has made on Denny that were those had to do what he had to do moments. But some of them, I'm just like. Now, okay, so let me ask you this. Let me pose this question, and it might be a stupid question, but you know how NASCAR has been on it about you know penalizing drivers for for aggressive behavior and and such. Do you consider this a just a racing incident that was just done? stupidly or do you think this is something that nascar should look into i don't i don't necessarily think he's going out of his way to wreck people like out of bad like malicious Mm -hmm. but i think there's a discipline aspect of that that needs to be learned Mm -hmm. so i think he's kind of on the edge here i don't like i like i said i don't think it's malicious i don't think he's meaning to you know destroy people's days right but he's still doing it yeah so it's like okay if you don't mean to do it why are you still doing it why aren't you changing anything to where you don't do that and i agree i don't think it's malicious but you know if 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 larson was to take that chance he had when when you know chastain passed him all in second he would have gotten penalized he would have gotten penalized for it so it's like where do we draw the line between aggressive driving that results in accidents and people getting payback for example i don't know i really don't because you know you're ultimately you're leaving that decision up to somebody yeah so and that in any given situation it because that person could become biased like yeah i'm probably thinking way too deep into this but i think that's the reality but i think it is i think the potential potential is there for that to become money and i agree I was just curious what your thought on that was. You know, we've seen aggressive driving become penalized in the past. It's just at some point somebody's going to have to stand up for themselves and the 35 other guys out there who have at some point been uh, had their day ruined by Chastain. But anyway, let's get into this video that I made. Um, you won't see it now, but post it. Sorry, I keep interrupting. It's okay. But there was another point in time where Chastain was basically racing Truex for the lead and they came around Larson. Mm-hmm. Larson lets Truex go by, and then Larson drives in his mirror for yep, a solid a good lap, point. yeah, and just is right in Chastain's way. And even Clint Boyer in the booth was like, "I like it. Like, I don't blame him at all." Well, I guess he was asked about it after post race, and he didn't have a comment about it. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't say anything either. You're incriminating yourself. They would probably I have a problem with it. Yeah, I suppose. All right, here's this replay. You'll see it and post at it. Oop. <laughs> I thought you would enjoy that. I love it. But there's the contact anyway. Um, at first, I didn't think Larson got it too bad. And then they showed the front end of his car again. I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, both those cars were tore up. Um, and initially... Larson ended up taking his car back behind the wall, but it was yeah. just to, to fix something. He ended up coming back out on the track. Yeah. I think he finished like 38 laps down or something. Like something that. like that. Originally, when I was watching it, broadcast originally said that uh, that Larson had gotten in the pool. So I guess they must have caught the, the rear end of that. But um, just unfortunate, you know, they made a good point, too, that Larson's had two weeks of fast cars and nothing to show for it. Um, <clears throat> it's unfortunate. It happens, I guess. I mean, it's racing, but at some point, I mean, last week wasn't, uh, you know, Chastain's fault by any means. I'm not saying that, but, you know, at some point, somebody's got to stand up and and say enough's enough, so. Yep. Uh, Moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about Alex Bowman's injury. So, last Tuesday, he was injured after an incident during the High Limits Racing event in Iowa, where it was announced that he fractured a vertebra. He's expected to miss at least the next uh, three weeks with Josh Berry, who will fill in for him uh, in the number 48 Hendricks Motorsports. Uh, so president and GM, Jeff Gordon. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff Andrews. I don't know why I said Jeff Gordon. Jeb Bush. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm still tired. Uh, Jeff Andrews spoke with reporters at Dover 
acknowledging that HMS is always evaluating the policies around drivers and their extracurricular activities. Andrew said, our message to drivers is to be careful. It's difficult because it's something Alex has a passion for, something that he worked very hard to be better at, and we feel like it has helped him over here in the Cup Series. And it does not appear that HMS will be revising these policies anytime soon. And I applaud that. Yeah. I like that a lot because even uh, who was it that was in the booth today with – it was a wall. Um, it was uh, – uh, uh, who was it? Why'd you have to bring that up? Anyway, yeah. someone was talking about uh, racing for Penske and, you know, he wanted to do this, that, and the other. And he told him, no, you're yeah. focusing solely on Cup. I need your focus to be 100% here and all this, that, and the other. But, you know, I Clint made a very good point. He's like, you see these guys out running everything, mm-hmm. and it's all about seat time. Seat time, you know, whether it's in dirt and other cars, you still are learning. And that seat time's important. So he's like, I would rather see guys get out, get that seat time, than have to just race on Sunday. Yeah. And, you know... I agree with you 100%, but I'm going to look at it from another side, too. You know, it's not fair to ask these guys to not do anything in their free time. Exactly. Um, We've talked about this before, actually, when Chase Elliott was injured um, after a snowboarding accident. And we talk about how much they're on the road. They're racing, what, 30-something weeks out of the year? Um, They probably get, you know, as as a whole, they probably get a couple months off before the start of the new season. It's not fair to be like, hey, you guys can't do anything outside of work. Um, you know, they all have hobbies. They all have their interest. Um, you know, who's to say they don't get into a, God forbid, but who's to say they don't get into a car accident on the way to the track? We've seen drivers get killed, right? Um, Alan Quickie was killed in a plane crash on his way to the uh, to, to Bristol. Um, you know, Dale Jr. <laughs> almost lost his life in a plane crash uh, going to Bristol. So it's like, you know, at what point do you say, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that? You don't do that. You know, these guys are going to do what they want, and they should be able to. I mean, it's hard to ask somebody to only do their job, and that's it. Because then you're you're that's a recipe for the driver to get absolutely burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Kyle Larson, and it's like all you want to do is drive all every every car, every track, whatever. But that's a superhuman when it comes to racing, right? Yeah. But, like, if I – I love what I do, don't get me wrong, but if my company was like, you're not allowed to race because we need you here, I'd be like, kick rocks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Chase made a good point when he was, you know, recovering. You know, it's like you could fall down the stairs and get hurt, break a leg. It's – you know, it's 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 ridiculous to, to want drivers to not be able to do anything outside of the car. Also, a lot of these drivers – uh, give back to short track racing. You know, Kyle Larson co-owns, you know, the High Limits uh, Racing Series. Um, you have a lot of these guys who own dirt teams. Um, you've had these drivers come out to Chili Bowl Nationals. They're going to all these different races, so it's like, it's not fair. What happens if a driver gets hurt working out so that they can be in shape for the cup car? That's a good point. You want to tell them not work out, and then, oh, here comes the Coke 600, but I'm too out of shape. I can't finish the race. Right. That's a fair point. That's just the way I look at it. I, I just think, like, <clears throat> um, oh, you can't eat this food because the thermometer says it's too hot and you're going to get burnt. you got to wait till it cools down. It's, like, it's ridiculous. It's micromanaging their life. Yeah, and it's just not, it, it, I would tell you to to piss off. You know, it's like, ask yourself, do I just want to work all day and then come home and, and not be able to do anything entertaining? Lay in bed so I don't get hurt. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so I, I, I agree with you. I applaud HMS and other teams, quite frankly, as far as we know, not implementing policies that prevent their drivers from um, enjoying extracurricular activities. I sure hope that it doesn't change. It's unfortunate that HMS has suffered a second injury. Um very close together, but that's just part of it. You know, <laughs> this is kind of off, not really off topic, but like if I was ever to be in the Cup Series and my owner, president, whatever, was like, I need you to be focused on the Cup car. And if I wasn't doing anything Cup related, I just sat at home 
Knowing my luck, like a tree would fall on my house and hurt me, or like some random ass space junk would fall from the sky. <laughs> Something totally random would happen. I'd be like, I did what you told me, and I still got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> or you slip and piss and fall and hit your head on the sink. I don't know. It, it's just you can't wrap these guys in bubble wrap and expect them not to enjoy themselves outside of the car. It's just it's it's ridiculous. Um, and you know, like. Uh, HMS president Jeff Andrew said, you know, it's Bowman has gained skills in this dirt car that translate that he's been able to translate into the cup car. Um, and so it's just developing their craft. And essentially it's like, if somebody asked you not like, let's say you're very good at your job and you want to do all this extra stuff to, to be promoted in the future or something. It's like, imagine if somebody said, don't do that. Right. It's like, we don't ask our football and basketball players to, to to not work out to better their craft it's like i want a driver if i was an owner to be able to develop their craft to be better in the series that they're running with me i'm not going to prevent somebody from bettering themselves and beyond that like you got to think about like the mental aspect of it like if you have a driver and you're just hounding him to drive 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 all the time he's going to go insane yeah like drivers i'm sure they love what they do but them having hobbies allows them to focus on something else for a little bit of time. That's not, not racing or maybe it is racing, but it's not, it's not. So, okay. Kyle Larson races for a living Mm -hmm. in the cup series, right? But when he goes to do his dirt racing thing, it is no longer a job. It is purely because he wants to do it. It's fun Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. So like that, Dirt racing or anything other than the cup racing to him is just another hobby. So it's not, it doesn't have the workload aspect to go with it. It's not, I have to do well because my job depends on it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm better than everybody, you know. But, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not stressful in that Yeah, his <clears throat> job depends on it. Yeah, and it's also like, let's go back to them being gone for 30 plus weeks out of the year. They're away from family most of the time unless their family travels out with them to the different tracks, which doesn't always happen. They talk about all the time about how it's mentally draining, just traveling all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's it, it's it, it's ridiculous. It's like you wouldn't ask the crew chief not to do anything outside of work. You wouldn't ask your race engineer not to do anything at work. It's mentally draining. So I agree with you 100%. It, I couldn't imagine doing something that demanding and being told to not do anything else i would go insane i would you know i would go insane Mm -hmm. so i get it Uh, you know it's 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 an escape from your job for a little bit you know so absolutely Moving on, um, over the weekend, Brady Bacon scored his first career World of Outlaws win at Tri-State. Brady, Rocket Man. Hell yeah. Hop stop. <laughs> I wanted to watch it, but it was on Dirt Vision. I don't have that. Damn Dirt Vision. Uh, Brady, who has been close several times to winning, said, uh, so satisfying to finally get it done after getting close so many times. Great to do it with my guys that have been with me for so long and have to thank Kelly and Laura Hink for believing in us and giving us the tools to win with. Also could not do it without the support of my family and so many lifelong no, sorry. So many lifetime supporters that make all this possible for both our wing and non-wing teams. Just wanted to give him a shout out. Not a lot of short track to cover because uh, it's been rainy. Pretty much everything <laughs> got rained out. Yeah. So um, good to see that, you know, they were able to get that race in. Uh, I'm sure there are some other races around the country, but. It was funny because the super lates were supposed to run at Anderson canceled. this last weekend. And they canceled it Friday, yeah. Friday morning. Uh, and I was over here with Dakota Saturday, and I was like, man, I was like, it's such a pretty day. Like, they canceled that race for nothing, and, like, a couple <laughs> hours later, we had to go to the parts store to get me a couple things, and, like, we're racing the rain so we could get everything out of my car and back in the barn before it started raining, and it's thundering and lightning, and I'm like, I see why they canceled the race <laughs> yeah, now. It got, it got nasty for a minute, and I was like, damn, I'm glad they did that because I was thinking about going. I would not I have wanted, wanted to. to. Get stuck in that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that was the weekend. Literally just rain. Um, so, next topic. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I was just going to go on with this. This seems to be a very reoccurring theme. Yeah. A topic on our podcast. But 
And I know we're supposed to be like a short track podcast, but we talk an awful lot about NASCAR. But yeah. you know, I think I think this is a big thing, and I think we're going to continue to talk about it until there's not anything to talk about. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we're supposed to be a short track podcast, which we, I try very hard to to keep on that path. But you know, uh, I and en- we enjoy NASCAR just as much, so it's it's fair to keep it kind of balanced. But yeah, I agree. This has been a very long conversation that we've had over almost forty episodes. Well, not forty, but you know what I mean. It's been a long time, coming. months now, um, and so. It's just ridiculous that we're still talking about it, but I think it is important. So this topic being the safety of the next-gen car. Um, You know, we had uh, Larson and Priest last week Mm -hmm. um, and the whole issue with the door bars, Kurt Busch and his concussion, and just things like that. So uh, Dale Jr. spent some time talking during his latest episode of Dale Jr. Download, and he discussed the wreck between Priest and Larson at Talladega. During this, he brought up the fact that NASCAR reviewed the rears of these cars. They made some changes to basically allow the rear end to absorb some more of the impact, kind of crunch, instead of being so durable that it just the driver ends up absorbing all the impact because there's no give. Mm-hmm. Um, so following two concussions and many complaints from drivers, that's why NASCAR reviewed the rear ends. Uh, he mentions that because the rear clips were originally rigid, the front clips of these cars must have been the same and nascar in his opinion uh would find the same issue while studying priest's car he also says that while the roll cage would have been damaged it was severely damaged and nascar should have an issue with just how serious the damage was and i agree wholeheartedly um yes larson didn't absorb a lot of the 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 impact because his cage did but at the same time the cage failed Mm -hmm. um let's see he also brought up the fact that Larson, whose car absorbed a lot of the impact, felt fine while Priest had a different experience. Kyle Busch also made comments at Dover saying the same thing. It's like throwing a brick into a stick of butter. Elliot also said it was concerning that and that he is disappointed. He also said the data showed Priest hitting Larson at 130, so what would happen at 160 or 180? So, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before the show, um, and I think it makes sense that... Priest's hit was hard because there's no give to the front end of the car. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how Delara is producing these cars and that the whole point of the way that the car was built was so that if they're supposed to be more durable so a car can take a hit and keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that if a car was to be wrecked, it is easy to replace the front, to basically repair it and get that car back out on the track, like, say, if a driver wrecks during practice or whatever, instead of going to a backup car. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I have a couple couple things here that I mentioned earlier. So to me, it doesn't make sense for the car to be as rigid as it is, you know, as durable as they made it, if every time a car tank slaps the wall or whatever, it knocks the – it bends the rear toe link or breaks the rear toe link. So, like, at that point – what's the point of having a rigid car if you're just going to hit the wall and other parts are going to be like there's weaker points yeah right now i understand maybe at like a aerodynamic uh dominant track that aerodynamics are of high importance that makes sense the car doesn't take the damage you fix the tow link you go back out but on tracks like dover per se yeah short tracks or anything like that where Aero is not as important. Like, a car can have damage and still go out and be competitive. If a car comes off turn wrong, slaps the wall, tow link's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to fix that. By that time, you're probably going down a couple laps. Which, I will say, we, we did see that today with Noah Gregson. Yes, exactly. Um, so, there's a big issue there, in my opinion. I don't know how to fix that. I don't... I haven't done any research, so I'm sure there's possibly a way. But... Also, um, I brought up, you know, everybody wants the high horsepower, low downforce package. I do too. I, I can, I can get on board with that because the old cars had it. We loved the old cars. Mm-hmm. But I asked you this question earlier. Do you think that NASCAR possibly 
went to the low downforce or high downforce, low horsepower package because of the way the cars are, and they knew that if they increased the horsepower and decreased the downforce, that someone would get severely injured. And I said I don't have the answer to that, but I wouldn't doubt it um, because I really don't know. Um, and we'll never know, <laughs> you know, because NASCAR is very tight-lipped about about what they find during these investigations, if you will. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's very likely, in my opinion, that that is a possibility. I, I don't know. It literally popped into my head while we were sitting in there. Like, I've never thought about it really up until that point. And it, it really does kind of make sense, though. Like, even the drivers were kind of pushing for it. We want we want to try the, the high horsepower. We want to try it. We want to try it. And NASCAR's just not done anything about it. Well, that's because people, they know these cars are dangerous. Mm-hmm. They have to. You can't just shrug it off at this point. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can, but it looks very bad. So, <clears throat> I agree with you that with that. I agree with you on that. Is that um, again? We I've mentioned it before. These these rumors of the ta- the crash test. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> rumors of the crash test and the dummy dying, and NASCAR denied, 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 as they would. I'm starting to really buy into that. I've said that before. I'm buying into it. I really am. I would put all my money on that rumor that that's probably true. Um, here's the points that I had made before coming on. Uh, not so much this one, but, you know, they finally, after two concussions and complaints from all these drivers, they finally changed the rear clip and make it um, less rigid. So why would they do that to the rear, not the front? Because these aren't kind of the same clips. They're exactly the same. They didn't do that because they haven't had an issue with the front end. Okay. Until so, Priest. Okay, but I'm not an engineer, but you would think, okay, well, if the rear clip is more rigid, why, you know, and we're using the same thing, the same design on the front, why would we not consider that? Because clearly NASCAR <laughs> has the approach, we're not fixing it until we until know it's, it's broke. An issue. Okay. Yes. So then here's my next point, which, you know, follows that. Why would we not consider our side impacts? These are not one off events. These happen almost every race weekend where somebody's getting doored. Why are we not considering that? And then my final point, which is the one that I brought up, the one that I really uh, uh, strongly believe in, is that why would we not? Okay, how do I how do I how do I introduce this? Okay, so NASCAR wanted to create the next gen race car to be cost effective, to be sleeker in design, what have you. Why could we not use the foundation of the old chassis and do everything that we did with this new car? There's no reason why we couldn't make the old chassis sequential shifting instead of H pattern. There's no reason why we couldn't have adapted the chassis to have removable front rear clips. Okay. And not be so rigid. Um, you know, like a lot of drivers said, the old cars took hits a lot better than this new car. Um, granted, you know, if you crashed it, you crashed it. But again, you could have adapted the chassis. In my opinion, I'm not an engineer, by the way. But you could have probably, in my opinion, adopted the chassis. I'm going to tell you, as an engineer, like, it may have taken some time and effort, but I guarantee you it's possible. But I think it would have been a better product than what we have now, in my opinion. Uh, They didn't run composite bodies, to my knowledge, uh, on the cup cars previously. It was just the Xfinity series and probably the truck series. I don't think the cup series ever ran composite bodies. Now they are. So why couldn't we have thrown a composite body that looks very similar to an old chassis? Um, you know, I, I, I don't get it. And then my last point, which is more of an opinion than what I think is fact, is that Delara uh, designed these chassis. Why would you make IndyCar, why would you design an IndyCar to blow up on impact? I, I said this earlier. But yet you make the chassis of this cup car so rigid that it doesn't give and the driver is taking the impact it's like NASCAR taking a step in the wrong direction. It's like, where did Delara go wrong with thinking that these cars could be so rigid and, and safe? I think NASCAR made the error by going with Delara, my opinion. Because Delara didn't manufacture the cars until this, uh, this new car, right. I believe, right? So 
I just think I think that was the the beginning of the end. And that I mean, I can't say I disagree, but it's also like what who came up with the with I again the idea on paper million dollar deal right let's make these cars withstand impacts better to help save costs for the teams all this other stuff but we've made them so hard that you can crash it into a wall at 200 miles an hour and that driver is going to get ejected out of the window because the car don't give it's like how how can you take an indy car which i admire the the design of having a car disintegrate on impact to lessen the impact on the driver but then you take a cup car and you make it as hard as a rock. It's like, where did we go wrong here? I don't know. I mean, I, Delara has some blame here. Their design is flawed, but like. I think so. It's just like, why would you not try to apply the same concepts to this car instead of doing the complete opposite? I agree. But I like the old chassis better. I, I, I really fully believe that NASCAR could have taken the old chassis. Which would have saved teams money, by the way, because they had those chassis. And they still might have them. Well, a lot of them got reused as Xfinity cars. Exactly. It's like these teams could have kept the chassis. They could have adapted these these ideas on that old chassis. I guarantee it. And threw on a new sleek body and, and been perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I agree with Dell Jr., um, I hope that I know that they're going to find this issue in the front clip just as they did the rear clip. I hope that they make changes that will lessen the blow for these drivers. But it, it, to me, it's it's unfortunate that this has been going on for so long and and not much has changed. I mean, look how long it take, took to to change the rear clips. Granted, it happened what mid season or or at the end of last season. They made a temporary change mid-season and right. then they made the official like right. the big change in the off-season it's also crazy to me be, sorry to cut you off no you're okay this last point i'll make is i just think it's granted it would screw nascar it is so crazy to me that they are basically are not parking these cars until further notice it's ridiculous to me this car was rushed we've all agreed on that um but at this point they know it's dangerous and yet they're saying best of luck don't get doored this week yeah you know, it's it's ridiculous. Don't get ran over by Ross Chastain. You might survive this race. I saw a couple of guys get out of the way real quick, <laughs> so I, I don't blame them. But 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 seriously, it's it's unfortunate that you know they've they've royally f-ed this up. Well, so I think there are two positives about this car. Two. Mm-hmm. One, it does not flip very easily at all, and I agree with that one hundred percent. That is a huge positive to this. And they are no longer, I'm going to jinx it, um, just randomly catching on fire (laughs) mid-race. That hasn't happened in a minute. I think there's some factors in play, yes, but it it could happen. I mean, it happened several times last year where cars would just randomly burst into flames. Well, I think Joey's car had caught on fire today, too. Joey's did today, I believe. Um, But, but yeah. He was also cording tires, but, but, and he had rubber built up all yeah. over the place that typically wouldn't be there because you don't cord tires. It that seems bad. like the fires have not been as bad as last year, where the the foam just burst into flames and and you know almost cooked Harvick. Now we've had a couple cars catch on fire, but it was on purpose. Yes, uh, Harrison Burton. No, it no. wasn't. It was uh, uh, John Hunter. John and Hunter. Thank Zane you. Smith. Thank you. Yeah. Why'd I say? Yeah, you know, it's okay. They're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> bunch of white men i'm just kidding yeah um but yeah so i i would agree with that um but i god i hope something changes you know very very soon i think we're all on the same page with that to be honest yeah um anything else on that for now not, that not until next week when something not until next week <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we hear some results on the whole uh Reenact, re yeah, whatever. I know they're using uh, recreation of yeah. the Priest Larson wreck. They're using computer sim and analytics and all that stuff to recreate this crash on a computer to see what went wrong. But I said Jarrett disagreed with me, and I think maybe that's the engineer coming out. <laughs> I just think save the testing. We know what happened. Just figure it out. Um, but I'm well, gl- I'm glad that they are really investigating this uh, to to fix the issue. 
I only say it is the engineer coming out of me because I'm I'm thinking of like my work. Yeah. Okay. So when we have parts fail in the field, we build that exact situation and we replicate that sit that until it fails, and then we yep. figure out what went wrong. Yep. So I mean, essentially, that's what they're doing here. You find where it went wrong, you fix what went wrong, and hopefully that doesn't create another issue somewhere else. So, because I'm not an engineer, <clears throat> how close, how exact do you think they can get this crash? I don't see why they wouldn't be able to get it. Like the, the way technology is now, and they're recreating it on mm-hmm. through a computer, they should be able to recreate it to a T and pinpoint exactly what went wrong. That's interesting. I figured I they think could, so. but. But I'm also not an engineer, and I'm, I don't know how many people that watch are, are not engineers. So I mean, if, if at work we can take a window shade mm-hmm. and replicate why it failed in the field just by putting it up and hanging weights on it or what have you. Yeah. If we can do that and replicate exactly what happened to a T in person, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it on a computer. Yeah. I figured they could. I was just curious. In my opinion. Yeah. I'm sure they could. I mean, they can't get a car right, but I'm sure they can get something right out of it. And I guess maybe they don't have to recreate it to a T to find that same failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, but obviously the more accurate, the better. Yeah, I'm not going to crap on it because, like I said, I appreciate, I'm glad that they're doing it um, to help try to prevent this from happening again. But it's embarrassing uh, to... To have it happen in the first place, because again, that's something that they should have considered, in my opinion, uh, from the from the start. But um, I hope that this investigation yields results, which I'm sure it will. Um, I hope that we will hear something, which I doubt. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just hope this doesn't happen again. Granted, you know, we've seen nasty wrecks. We've seen, you know, cages are going to give. We know that, but I, I just feel like that that's something that you know we need to try to prevent or reduce drastically i mean even just simple safety measures like you were talking hey i gotta get you went and looked at your seat your belts all that stuff i gotta get new stuff yep so i mean i mean obviously in nascar i'm sure they keep up to date with that stuff very well yeah but when it comes to like the local the short track aspect i mean when it's solely up to you to make sure that stuff's in check like don't skip out on it yeah, which we say all the time, don't skip out on safety, um, which, great point, you know, um, if you are a local racer, please make sure you're, you know, not half-assing your cages and, and all your safety, make sure you're investing in that stuff, we've seen drivers unfortunately get killed who have skipped out on safety and, and it could have been prevented, you know, we're not racing NASCAR here, but, you know, your safety is just as important, or it should be, and if it's not, maybe you shouldn't be racing, um, but yeah, I do have to get new belts and window net which is fine. You know, I'm not going to risk again. I'm not going to risk running on expired belts and hope that they hold if I do need them. So, um, yeah, take that very seriously. Absolutely. And then on top of that, like, obviously if there is a failure and your belts are out of date, mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. They're going to be like, well, you're racing with bad belts. Yep. So there's always that side of it too. Yeah. Just don't do it. percent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so lastly, I would like to talk about uh, a substitute driver who was doing astonishingly, astonishingly, wow, stroke, uh, well. Yeah. And that is Josh Berry. Yeah. So I was very excited for Josh Berry when he ran his couple Xfinity races part-time. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm so excited he's going full-time Xfinity. And now he's had the privilege of filling in for Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. And he's done very well, in my opinion. He, I think he's opened a lot of people's eyes. And if he hasn't, I don't know what race you're watching because it's not the same one I am. Right. He's done phenomenal. Um, you know, he, he's been with Junior Motorsports for quite a while now, racing late models. He, like you said, ran part-time with them. Uh, in the Xfinity Series, finally got a full-time ride with Junior Motorsports. Um, he, I think more recently, had signed on to Hendrick as a substitute driver. Um, so he'd be the go-to guy in this situation. First happened when Elliott got injured. Did, you know, phenomenally well uh, in the in the couple of races, the six weeks that he ran, what have you. He's now filling in for Alex Bowman. Uh, finished well again. Um, so I'm excited to see what 
his future looks like. Uh, side note, if you didn't know, he was a bank teller out of Tennessee. So he also I'm, went to high school with Taylor Swift. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, another <laughs> bank teller can make NASCAR <laughs> history soon. Um, but uh, but no. So, you know, that leads into to this next topic um, is that there have been rumors that Josh Berry allegedly has signed a, a cup contract. I think the rumor first came out when Larry Mack went on SiriusXM and basically hinted that he had signed a contract and would have an announcement um, about the time that the Coke 600 takes place. Um, I guess Dale Jr. had made some comments that kind of hinted at it. I think uh, Clint Boyer made Clint, some today. Clint Boyer absolutely. I don't know what he said word for word, but absolutely said something in the booth today. Kind of let it slip. There was some uh, Twitter drama. Bob Podcrass, by the way, uh, has announced officially that he is a leading candidate for some cup rides next season. Uh, there was some Twitter beef between Couch Racer. Um, who else? Uh, can't think of his name. Freddie Kraft, I think. And That's Bubba's spotter, isn't it? I think so. And then um, Bozzi, uh, who, who works in NASCAR, uh, not happy that people were talking about it. He said, you know, it's no secret, essentially, that so this guy says that basically it's known in the garage that Barry has a cup ride next year. Um, but that, you know, people in the garage shouldn't be going out and posting about it online because, you know, that's his business. It's his business. It's his team's business. You know, they don't want to muddy the water. Um, you know, they, they're obviously timing this announcement to, um, to, to not make things complicated Coke 600 would be the time that, you know, he's out of the car and Bowman's back in roughly. Um, you know, there's rumors that he can't make an announcement until after his obligations at Hendrick are done being a substitute driver. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I, I think I absolutely think he does have a cup ride. It's just a matter of where he's going. I'm not. The rumor is Stuart Haas, but. I agree. Um, I think Josh Berry will be a good fit in the Cup Series. Oh, for sure. Now, I do want to make the point that I think part of the reason why he's doing so well is because he's in very good equipment. Yeah. So I can't say that if he goes wherever he's going to go, it'll be the same story, but I still think he's got the talent, and he'll he'll make something work out of it yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, you know, there's other rumors. I don't think it's a rumor per se. I think it's just what people wish is that Junior Motorsports will buy a team that folds. Um, Rick Rare Racing was one of them. Um, that would be nice to see. I don't see Dell Jr. buying a cup charter anytime soon. Uh, there's some wishful thinking that, you know, allegedly Junior and um, Johnson were supposed to, to run a cup team together before Johnson went to Legacy, uh, which was Richard Petty, Petty GMS. Not quite sure how true that was, but... Uh, the point I want to make is I would love to see Barry stay with Hendrick and uh, Junior Motorsports. Obviously, that's not going to happen just because if he does go to a Ford, then he can't race Chevy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Barry would be a good fit at Stuart Haas. I think he would become their driver. Um, you know, you have Harvick retiring. You have Almarilla who might retire. We really don't know. Um, you have Cole Custer, Ryan Priest. Um, under that umbrella, and then you have Riley Herbst, which is still in the Xfinity series. Um, Sounds cool. Yeah. So I think Josh Berry would probably be the strongest candidate out of Stuart Haas if he were to drive for them. Um, but I'm not going to speculate right now where he's going just because we did that with Kyle and we were wrong, which is fine. But, you know, there are a couple possibilities where he'll end up. Um, but I, I really hope that, you know, he is going to cup regardless. I agree, um, which I hate that he hasn't had the amount of success that I thought he would have in the Xfinity series this year, um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the nature of the beast. Yep. Obviously, everybody knows he's capable. He's proving that to everybody right now by filling in for the Hendrick drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. I think he's got it figured out. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So He's got a lot of talent. So got good things coming for him. I agree. So... I have something else I want to talk about, not related to this, sure. per se. I saw a tweet today. I think it was Landon Castle. Oh, also, 
want to shout out uh, Landon Huffman for getting a win the other night. I believe it was at Hickory for one of the 40-lap features. Good deal. Anyway, shout out to him. Super happy for that. Uh, but anyway, Landon Castle, I believe that's who it was, had a tweet today that said something about, he said, NASCAR drivers are the most versatile drivers that exist over IndyCar or F1 um, because they adapt very well. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of IndyCar or F1 drivers that were like basically crapping on this idea. And they were like, are you joking? Okay. So I, I want your opinion on this. So here's my thought. Okay. Um, I agree with Landon. You know, Tony Stewart is a great example. Started out in IndyCar, moved over to Cup. Now he's racing in HRA. Uh, Almost won again. Again. At Charlotte. At, yeah. Uh, lost it the same margin that he won it at Las Vegas, okay? My only comparison here is because we don't have a lot of Cup drivers trying out um, uh, IndyCar or Formula One, right? Is that look at all the IndyCar drivers that come from IndyCar to Cup and don't do so well, Okay. Um, look at the, who was it? Kimmy, who said, you know, we experienced a full season in one day. Yeah. So, I mean, put your money where your mouth is. Now, I do want to say, though, I want to know what would happen if, say, we put, okay, so say we take a top driver from IndyCar, Formula One, and NASCAR. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, you have top-of-the-line equipment. From each aspect of racing. And then you let everybody run all three aspects. So, you know, the top driver from NASCAR will run top-of-the-line equipment in F1 and IndyCar. And then you can compare the three. Top from F1 will run IndyCar, NASCAR. IndyCar run NASCAR, F1. And see who has the best average finish between the three. Well, I won't go that far. But Kyle Larson is rumored to run. I think it's been confirmed, actually. Yes. To run Coca-Cola 600 weekend as well as Indy 500. Not this year. I think it's next year, right? I do. I think it is next year. Okay. So we'll have a good baseline to see what can Kyle Larson do in IndyCar. Right. But, I, you know, you know we've had Connor Daly run NASCAR. But is he getting top-of-the-line equipment when he's, he does That's that? That's a fair no. point. That's a fair point. So, like, I want to see, you know, obviously you can be like, well, and I, I still think there's some truth to this. Mm-hmm. You know, we have IndyCar drivers that come in and don't do so well. But... How much better would they do, if at all, if they had, if they were in a Hendrix car, mm-hmm. per se? Just, well, just so tossing wh- that out. Where there. did, where did Jordan Taylor finish at Coda? I can't. Quite I don't remember. remember, but he qualified very well. Yes, but he didn't finish the race well. <laughs> no, qualifying, in my opinion, is one thing. If it's a single car qualifier, granted, that's a feat of its own. I agree with that one hundred percent. But in a race setting. Um, you know, granted it's Coda, there was a lot of beat and banging, so it may be not a good, uh, benchmark, but it is interesting. Um, but I, I still have to kindly disagree. Danica Patrick, for example, I like Danica as a person. I think some of the wrecks that she got in, uh, was not her fault. Uh, a lot of them were though, but <laughs> she was running junior motorsports equipment and didn't perform too hot. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm not saying she had the best IndyCar career uh, either, but, you know, it's like looking at a chart here, right? How many of these drivers from IndyCar race in cup cars and vice versa? What's your record, boys? I I will laugh so hard if Kyle Larson hops in an IndyCar and wins the Daytona Day 500. That's what I'm saying. Maybe not win, but let's say finish better than a lot of the big-name drivers in IndyCar. That just shoots a hole in your your argument, bud. But, I mean, if he wins, it absolutely stomps it into the oh, ground. Oh, for sure. Granted, I, granted, it is an oval track, <clears throat> but most of the guys from IndyCar come and run a road course. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's an oranges-to-oranges comparison. It's not apples-to-oranges. It's, it's well, the same ballpark. And Indy is a very, while it looks simple, it's an oval, it's a very complicated track. I hate driving at Indy. Um, so... I think the I think the conversation is interesting. I think that um, I shouldn't say all IndyCar drivers are non versatile, but and I, I'm not gonna, I'm absolutely not going to say that all Cup guys are versatile. But you know, no. how many IndyCar drivers are going out running dirt? Dude, that's what I was going to make a point. So uh, okay, so 
But Connor Daly has run dirt before. Okay. But I will say, okay, so over the course of a NASCAR race, how much does the track change? A lot. Now, I don't know if the same applies for IndyCar and F1 because I, I don't know how much of an effect that has on the car. But very clearly, it has a huge effect on a cup car. Also, the cup guys now have a dirt race on their schedule. Mm-hmm. So they run asphalt oval, asphalt road courses, and a dirt oval. Mm-hmm. I mean... And soon to be street course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... On IndyCar drivers and Formula One drivers. No, not at all. Um, because, well, I mean, maybe Formula One is a... Is off on its own little island. Well, it was funny because an F1 <laughs> driver replied and someone was like, well, at least cup drivers don't need push to pass. Well, it's not even just that. It's just like you sit there and, you know, run the same thing 20 times. It, it's, it, I think IndyCar is a little bit more complicated. I don't know. I'm not even needed in that conversation because I don't want to get slaughtered. But um, I lost the train. Um, Somebody lost the rig. Literally. <laughs> uh, anyway... Um, I think there is a lot of... You know what? I'm not even going to try to remember. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I think that's all I have. Yeah, we were going. I, I was going to talk about some updates with the team, but I think we pretty much addressed all that at the beginning. Um, race weeks two coming weeks. up. Um, Less than two weeks now. Yeah. You're almost done with your car. Um, I got a long ways to go. I don't plan on making the first race anyway. Dad just got his transmission back in the car, so he's about ready to roll. Ooh. Um... I don't know if Kyle's going to say anything official, but we have officially rejoined him for 2023. I sent the money over today. So that's exciting. Glad to be back on the car with him. Uh, wishing him the best of luck in 2023. Uh, he was, you know, chatting with me today a little bit. Um, Bradley's car, he said, you know, has not been the strongest, but they've been working on it. So hopefully they get that thing figured out. Um, what else? Excited to get back at the track. They're at Shady Bowl this weekend, right? Yep. So. I think so. Uh, you can watch on a streaming service that I can't remember, probably Racing America, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get back to the track. Me too. And I say this all the time, but I'm so glad we're on Saturday. Very much so. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so nice to be able to like go race on Saturday and then sleep in the next morning and not have to go to work. Yeah, um, very excited about that. Oh. I don't want to get into some sad news, but um, I just remembered uh, Greg Van Ouse's dad passed away. Um, yes. So our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family during this very difficult time. Um, our track promoter, Dave Duncan, um, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I Glioblastoma, I think that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, so two. Very, yeah, two spots. Um, very aggressive cancer. Um, I believe they... His daughter said they did scans recently, and they came back not good. Um, so I believe they are going to actually start hospice care for him. So our thoughts and prayers are with his family as well. Um, that's tough. And that's very tough. Yeah. Um, that's what my grandma had passed away from. Um, so it's it's very aggressive um, and, and such. So um, just very difficult, hard news to, to hear and um yeah, so our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family as well. Um, but other than that, I don't think I have anything else for today. I think uh, I think I'm done too. Uh, again, as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I think the camera stayed on the whole time. Yeah, I put time. it. I put it on a charger. So uh, we will have video. Um, shout out to Dakota for editing and getting episodes out. I know that that's a <laughs> difficult process. Yeah. It's time consuming. And when we add video, it takes like five hours for the video to upload. Yeah. It takes so, a lot. So, um, bear with us. Forward. Dakota is doing a phenomenal job in my opinion. Thank you. I so, appreciate that. I try to be, um, finally back on track. I was behind two episodes. Finally got that posted today. So I'm hoping to have this one posted soon. Um, and then we're on episode four zero. Absolutely. Oh, also, uh, before we close, I did finally go through the footage from our 100-lap race on the GoPro. And um, so, I mean, it looks so good. Um, Might have to post it. Definitely worth the money. Uh, So, no, I definitely think um, this year it's worth posting the videos to our – I posted some footage to my page, but – 
I mean, it was just a short clip. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely think we should take some longer clips and, you know, maybe some of the shorter races post the full race. Yeah, or do, like, like highlights yeah. even. Absolutely. I would love to be able to get GoPros on all three cars. I I think if everything works out, there's a way that we could transition one from, like, my car to Dakota's in between races if we're not one right after each other, right. which that was how it was all last season. But, you know, if right now we have one, maybe two GoPros if Dakota's is working. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I have lost hope on it, but I do – I'm looking at – potentially purchasing some um soon so i'm sure we'll have three gopros for the three cars um like i said last week plan on taking the big camera with us to get some content from the track so um yeah exciting anyway uh yeah we'll be back next week with episode number 40